take your Bibles with me this morning and open them, turn them on. The New Testament book of 1 Thessalonians, chapter 1, is we're going to start reading this morning. While you find 1 Thessalonians, there's a few important things uh, for you to know. First, one, there's a giving opportunity. Uh, we once again are buying Bibles from Mozambique. Gerald Steele, World Partners Missionary, he is one of the gentlemen that spoke at our Grow 2023 event. He's our contact there. Uh, a few years ago, he uh, challenged us to help him and, and other churches join together. We bought Bibles, I think 20,000 Bibles. Uh, several churches came together and purchased, and he was able to, to ship them there. Uh, he came back a couple of weeks ago, gave us this opportunity again. The missions team bought 500 Bibles, and uh, we want to encourage you uh, to join with us. For $4.09, you can buy a Bible. That's uh, a complete uh, Old and New Testament. Any gifts toward that for the next three weeks, uh, marked Bible, um, will go toward that project. Here's one other missions opportunity. The missions team is also partnering with Roy and Faith Hill to purchase a much-needed vehicle. They have been serving there for many years. They've had a vehicle. That vehicle is worn out. They need around $30,000 uh, to purchase a new vehicle. They travel to villages. Uh, they show the Jesus film. Faith does some uh, medical work. Uh, they do teaching, church planting, helping pastors. They need a, a vehicle. It's not a new vehicle, but it'll be a new-to-them new vehicle. They need about $30,000. The missions team uh, has... Uh, contributed $10,000 to that project. They have about $8,000 in hand. We want to, to give you an opportunity. Some of you have asked us for those opportunities to, to give, to help them. And so anything that you give toward that project this week and the next three weeks, uh, you can simply mark vehicle on that project, Bible for the Bible projects. You can give on the app. <clears throat> you can use the website, text to give, or anything that you um, give in the offering boxes um, also these next four weeks. I also want to share a staff transition with you. I want to invite Vonda Snow to join me this morning here on the platform for the past two years. Vonda has been serving as our Summit Kids Director. She served our children, our kids, our families well uh, through programming, teaching, prayer, all of those things with careful uh, consideration. Um, seeking God and sensing His will for her life. She, she believes that it's time for her to move on in, in life. Uh, it's a different season. She's caring for family, um, dealing with things at home. At the end of June, Vonda will conclude, sadly, conclude her time as Summit Kids Director. I can tell you, Vonda, I tell you folks, um, I am grateful, more than grateful, for what Vonda has brought to Summit Church. Not just these last two years, but for all the years that she's been attending here. Years ago, Vonda and I partnered um, along with, with uh, her mom, Doris Rupert, partnered together and, and made a significant uh, transition in, in kids' ministry. And uh, those effects are still um, being realized today. Vonda brings energy and expertise to everything she does. She's poured her heart 
out uh, for, for our children, Porter Heart into God's Word, uh, Summit Kids Home Connect, one of the things that our kids are using, they are able to take what they've learned, taking it home, uh, the Trailblazers program, which was seniors who went back and talked to the kids are part of that um, learning and growing, building relationships back there, part of what she's done. Um, dedication to scripture memory, also a, a thing, one of the things that Vonda has been instrumental in. She loves Summit Church and is going to continue to worship here, serve here with her family, um, but she's transitioning from Summit Kids director. So would you help me um, just to thank Vonda for her years of faithful service to the kingdom? And the Summit Church. Now, if you're a believer in the family, you, we call each other brother and sister, okay? Brother so-and-so, sister so-and-so. Um, but Vonda and I do share um, a, a spiritual mother. The other day, uh, Doris called me, and uh, she left a note on my, my answering machine, and she said, this is your spiritual mother. And um, she was calling, and she had a word for me. Um, anyway, we share that. Love, love, love you, Vonda. Let me just share this with you. My announcement doesn't end there today. I want to introduce to you Amy Stuglick. Amy, would you join me? I'm excited to share this good news um, about the future of Summit Kids leadership. So back in May, when we knew, received Vonda's notice of resignation, uh, we began seeking um, together what, what does God have for us? And... Um, one day, uh, Pastor Kate just came to me and she said, hmm, she goes, may I talk with Amy Stuglick? And um, so they did, and then we met, and Pastor Chuck met with Amy, and then uh, I met with Amy um, about the possibility of becoming the next Summit Kids director. Amy's gifted in the area of administration, highly relational, creative, strives for excellence, loves Jesus, and I'm glad to let you know, Amy has accepted that position. Uh, she'll be joining our Summit staff, serving with Ellen Morse. Um, Ellen is the Summit Kids Assistant Director. Amy will be the Summit Kids Director. Uh, she and her husband, Dan, were on the platform last week. They dedicated uh, their little daughter, Charlotte, uh, last week. They're already a part of our church. Uh, they're excited about this new ministry. Uh, Amy is coming out of the the public school system, having taught um, for several years at, in Bering Springs. Um, we're excited about what she brings to uh, the ministry. God's timing in all of these things has proven faithful again, and we're grateful for that. Uh, we're grateful that Summit Kids are going to continue to move forward without a, a gap in leadership. So um, would you help me? Uh, welcome, uh, Amy Stuglick, to the team. So together, these ladies are working on a, a, a handoff, a transition. Um, Ellen is was in last week, working as well to uh, to move forward. So we're excited about that. One more thing. Let me just mention this quick. One more opportunity for you to get involved, Upward Soccer. A few weeks ago, 
you heard an announcement, lots of information about Upward, how it helps us accomplish our mission to lead people to follow Christ. Today I want you to hear a little bit of the inspiration of that. Several weeks ago, in a baptism service, Samantha Asmus was baptized. Uh, it wasn't uh, but a couple of seasons ago, her family um, had student-athletes, and her son was a, t- was a part of uh, Upward Soccer, and as a result of that, Mom, let's go to church. The family began to attend church, and uh, Samantha and her husband um, attended here. The Lord used all of that in, in that family, and, um, and, and Sam was baptized uh, a couple weeks ago. So, um, is it worth it? Yeah, it's worth it. Uh, is God using it? Indeed, God is using it. And, and here's how you can be involved. Um, I was uh, informed this last week we have kids on the wait list because we need more coaches. We need 15 more coaches uh, just to meet the need of the kids that we already have registered. Registration is still open. We'll probably get some more. And so God will use you if you're willing, calling all Christians who are not ashamed of the gospel to join us in serving. Somebody gave, somebody served. Um, The Asmus family was affected. Um, Now they're serving. They're here. And... um, so please don't wait. Join the team. If you're willing, God, God will use you, okay? I want to talk today about encouragement. Encouragement. I know that some of you love eschatology. Well, that sounds pretty good. Soteria, eschatology, study of end times. Es, you know, soteriology is, the, is the, the doctrine of salvation. You know, you have all the, all the things. You like, you know, big theological stuff. Um, I hope I, don't, I hope I don't go under your thinking today, but somehow if we could put this whole idea of encouragement, if we can put those cookies on the bottom shelf where we can get a hold of them, understand it, appreciate it, practice it, I believe that God, God will help us today to walk on in faith. We're talking about encouragement. Encouragement. Several of you remember years ago, uh, an American advice column founded in 1956 by Pauline Phillips. She had the pen name of Abigail Van Buren. Dear Abby. Uh, Abigail Van Buren, she, she took that pen name uh, after one of the presidents and after one of the great women in, in the Bible, Abigail. It, this um, was a syndicated company. The column was well known for sound, compassionate advice delivered with the straightforward style of a good friend. In fact, in the 80s, late 80s, over 1,200 newspapers ran with that column. Let me just start our discussion on encouragement today, what we learn from God's Word today, by reading something to you addressed to Dear Abby. Dear Abby, I've been retired from teaching for many years. I'd like to share a lesson I learned that stands out in my memory like no other. I was a young teacher teaching math at a junior high school, we'd worked very hard on a new concept all week. The students were stressed. They were frowning, frustrated, carping at each other. Wanting to stop the crankiness before it got out of of hand, I asked the students in the room to take out two sheets of paper and list the names of the other students in the room, leaving a space between each name. Then I told them to think of the nicest thing that they could say about their classmates and write it down took the remainder of the class to, to finish the project. The, 
uh, the class period to finish the project, and when the students handed all the papers in, they left. But it did seem like they were a bit more relaxed. That weekend, I wrote the name of each student on a separate sheet of paper and listed what the students had said about that individual. On Monday, I gave each student his or her list. Before long, everyone was reading and smiling. Really? I heard one whisper. I never knew that meant much to anyone. I didn't know that anybody cared about that. The assignment was never mentioned again, but it didn't matter because the exercise had accomplished its purpose. The students felt better about themselves and each other because they each had been encouraged. I'm going to pick up that story at the end of the message. But they each had been encouraged. Now today, I want you to be encouraged. Do you know someone who is an encourager? When you think of someone who, who is an encouraging person, does, does a name or a face come to mind? So listen, that person is encouraging. There are several people that I identify as people that, that I know are encouraging to me. It seems like they always have a, a good word or a positive thing to say. You love to see them coming because you know they're not going to drain you down. They're going to fill you up. They're going to they're encourage you. There are several people in our church who I believe are gifted um, encouragers. We've all been called to be encouragers, but there's some people that have a special gift. They're, they're, they're encouragers. And when they see you, they encourage you. They leave you better than when they found you. They have an encouraging word or an encouraging action. They share something that lifts you up. Encouragers also have learned how to smile. Encouragers also know um, and learn how to, to look people in the eye. Between services, I was talking to uh, some people in the church who, who, who had, who had uh, um, identified someone who had been in prison. They said, in prison, you always look people in the face, and you always look at that. If not, it, it's, it's, it's perceived as weakness, right? Encouragers will look you in the face, and they'll, they have a smile on their face. They make the world a better place. Paul, Silas, and Timothy are writing to the church in Thessalonica and this is a letter of encouragement to the church there. Oh, there's challenge, there's opportunity to, to, you know, to teach, to correct, to train righteousness so that the man of God will be fully equipped for every good work. But indeed, this is a letter of, of encouragement. Now, I want you to see that in Thessalonians chapter 1. Are you with me? Paul, Silas, Timothy, to the church of the Thessalonians, in God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, grace and peace be to you. Now watch this. Be thinking in terms of encouragement. We always thank God for all of you and continually mention you in our prayers. We remember before our God and Father your work produced by faith, your labor prompted by love, and your endurance inspired by hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. For we know, brothers and sisters, loved by God, that he has chosen you. That he's chosen you. Now, look at verse 6. You became imitators of us and of the Lord. You welcomed the message in the midst of severe suffering with the joy given by the Holy Spirit. And so you became a model to all the believers in Macedonia and Achaia. The Lord's message rang out from you, not only in Macedonia and Achaia, your faith in God has become known everywhere. Therefore, we do not need to say anything about it, for they themselves report what kind of reception you gave us they tell how you turn to God from idols to serve 
the living and true God, and to wait for his Son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, Jesus, who rescues us from the coming wrath. Now, jump over to chapter 2 and look at verse 13. (coughs) Excuse me. And we also thank God continually, because when you received the word of God, which you heard from us, you accepted it, not as a human word, but as it actually is the word of God, which is indeed at work in you who believe. For you, brothers and sisters, became imitators of God's churches in Judea, which are in Christ Jesus. You suffered from your own people the same things those churches suffered from the Jews. Now, push forward a page and look at 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and again verse 11. Therefore, encourage one another and build each other up just as in fact you were doing. Maybe you're like the man in the hospital who needed some encouragement. We all need encouragement. Mr. Jones had been in the hospital for quite a long time. And one night at the nurse's station, the phone rang, and the question was asked um, of the nurse, how is Mr. Jones, the caller asked. He's doing very well, the nurse replied. As a matter of fact, he's being discharged tomorrow. Who shall I say inquired? He said, well, (laughs) this is Mr. Jones in room 203. I thought that was the case, but I just needed to be encouraged. Romans 15, for everything that was written in the past was written to teach us so that through the endurance taught in the scriptures and the encouragement they provide, we may have hope. So we have been encouraged to encourage others. We have hope from the scripture. The the endurance taught in the scriptures, the encouragement they provide, we have hope. And may the God give endurance and encouragement God who gives endurance and encouragement give you the same attitude of mind toward each other. So, not only have we been encouraged, we are um, called to encourage others. Give the same attitude of mind toward each other that Christ Jesus had so that with one mind and one voice you may glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. So, we have been encouraged through the Scriptures, and then Scripture says that we ought to have that same mind, that same attitude in encouraging others, And our encouragement and our encouragement to others is something that brings glory to God. You can bring glory to God. Your life can bring glory to God. You you have the opportunity to bring glory to God by encouraging others. Encouraging others. We read earlier in chapter 5 there, we're we're to encourage the disheartened. In in, uh, 1 Thessalonians 5 and verse 14, actually, I think we read 11. But if you go down to verse 14... What it says is, and we urge you, brothers and sisters, warn those who are idle, disrupt, encourage the disheartened. So we're to encourage the disheartened. Encouragers are people who are observant. Encouragers are people who take initiative. Encouragers are people who are friendly, willing to encourage. So, I want to encourage you to be an encourager. Here's an assignment for you. 
I want you to work on this during this message. Simply this, write down the names of five people that God will bring to your mind. Uh, Just write down their names of people who need encouragement. Five people who need encouragement. Five people that you know. We've talked about the people that we knew that encouraged us. I want you to think about five people who need encouragement. This may help you. Someone, write down someone's name who has a need and enrich them in some way. So this person has a need. And what can I do to meet that need? How can I encourage them? So someone has a need, enrich them in some way. Somebody is lonely and include them in some way. How can you include them? Uh, How can you encourage them? By including them. So is there someone that you know that's lonely? How can you include them? Maybe it's include them in a conversation to call them, you know, to text them, whatever. Um, Here's another person. Somebody who is misunderstood and affirm them in some way. Say, listen, this person oftentimes is misunderstood and 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 I'm going to try to affirm them in some way. I want you to write down a name of someone who might just be starting out and support them in some way. Maybe they're starting out in a, vi- a business. Maybe, maybe they're starting out with a, in a new job. Maybe they're starting out as a new family or a new parent or whatever they are. You can, you can encourage them. Hey, listen, you know, Dad, Mom, you, you're, young, you're young parents, but we may encourage you. Or, you know, somebody who's, who, whatever they're doing, starting out, someone who's starting out and support them in some way. And here's the fifth one, someone who has potential uh, and disciple them in some way. Maybe it's spiritual discipleship. Maybe, it's, maybe they're um, somehow serving somewhere, some place. Maybe whatever it is, you, you have an opportunity. You see someone, that person has potential. You see it in them and you call it out in them. You say, listen, you know, you, I, I've noticed this in you. You're really good. Let me help you with this. Here's a great book I read. Here's one way that you can encourage them, okay? So if you're embarrassed for your neighbor to see you jotting down names, just set them up in your memory bank someplace. But... I want you to be thinking about that during this message because people need encouragement. Lucy, the philosopher, was talking to Charlie Brown. She said, life is really like a cruise. Some people are on the deck of the cruise ship. They put their chair facing forward so they can see where they're going. Other people put their chair on the deck facing to the back so that they can see where they've been. And she said, others put their chair facing right where they are so they can see where they are right now. Charlie Brown paused for a moment and said, I can't even get my chair unfolded. There's a lot of people like that that need some encouragement. They're having a hard time in life, and they need somebody who will encourage them. John Maxwell, pastor, a leader, an encourager of leadership, he said this, you should never forget that everyone needs encouragement, and everyone who receives it, young or old, successful or less than successful, unknown or famous, is changed by it. A word of encouragement is oxygen for the soul. Encouragement. Everyone needs it. Someone has said that discouragement is a dark room where the negatives of fear and failure are developed. We all get discouraged. No one escapes discouragement all all together but we can put you know the right face uh, you know sometimes you 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 say okay i'm just going to plow right through this 
but we all face discouragement. Discouragement is such a terrible thing because it's, it's one of the tools that the devil uses to open the door to all of the kinds of problems that come into your life. In fact, the, the Bible tells us that in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 3, that God is the God of all consolation. God is the God of, 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 of encouragement. He's, he's got the corner on, on encouragement. Encouragement comes from God, real encouragement. And discouragement is something that the devil puts on us. We get discouraged. You're never more like God than when you're encouraging people and probably never more like the devil when you're discouraging them. God is the God of all consolation, the God of comfort. Barnabas, in Scripture, is an example of a guy who was known as an encourager. His name literally meant encourager. Son of consolation was, was what his name meant. And he found a need, and he met it. He moved in to help. He was an encourager. And by the way, encouragement is not just words. So listen, I'm not really good with words. I don't know how to encourage people. <clears throat> encouragement also is actions. You can do something that encourages people. Words encourage. Actions, actions encourage. Sometimes simply being present encourages. So it's more than words. Maybe it's money. Maybe it's help of some kind. Maybe you help someone with a task at their home. Maybe you help tutor that boy who's struggling in math. There's so much you have to give. I guarantee you it will mean a lot to somebody who needs to be encouraged. I want, I want you to see now from 1 Thessalonians, encouragement. Paul, I mean Paul, Silas, Timothy. Paul, we think... The writer here, the, the author of Thessalonians, along with others that he's mentioning, <clears throat> are writing a letter to the church in Thessalonica to encourage them. I want you to see this ripe old apostle um, saying, these, these are my people. I love these people. I care for these people. I, I, I took the word of God to them. This is a church. He goes, I want to, I want to encourage them. I want you to see what he does. Look, look at verse 1. Now, by the way, in verse 1, we're still in the, in the welcome. This is just the greeting. Paul, Silas, Timothy to the church. All right. Notice what he says. Grace and peace. What an encouragement. He looks at you and, he's, and, and he looks at the, the, the Thessalonians and he says, grace. Um, the, the, the word grace um, appears well over 100 times in the New Testament. Um, 80, almost 90 times. It comes from the teachings of the Apostle Paul. No wonder he's called the Apostle of Grace. So what is grace? So he, he looks at the Thessalonians, he says, grace, grace and peace, grace to you, peace to you. He's encouraging them, grace to you. What is, what is grace? Grace is unmerited favor. It's undeserved favor. Um, and, and so, listen, Paul is saying, I'm blessing you, be blessed with, with, with grace. You have grace. But not only is it undeserved favor, but watch this, grace is also power for living. Not only is, is God's grace to us undeserved favor, but he gives us his, his grace to continue on, to do what he's called us to, to do. Grace isn't just a disposition or a quality or an inclination in the nature of God. It's an influence or a force or a power, an acting uh, of God that works in us to change our capacities for work and suffering and obedience. So listen, we, we, we have God's grace. It's undeserved 
favor, but we also have God's grace that gives us strength to do what he called us to do, to endure the load of suffering that we're under, to accomplish the mission that he's put on. He said, grace to you. He said, he's blessing them. He's encouraging them. You have grace. You have grace. And notice he also says, peace. I mean, I'm still in the greeting. Peace. Who in the world wants peace? What is peace? Peace happens when anxiety is removed. Peace is the condition of the heart when anxiety and fear and conflict aren't troubling the heart. It doesn't mean that you're not facing those difficult things. It doesn't mean that you're not facing things that, 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 are, that are fierce and hard. But it means that the, the, you have a condition in your heart where you're not troubled, you're not incapacitated, you have peace. Peace that passes understanding. I understand I'm in a mess, but I have a peace that passes my understanding. He's looking at Thessalonians, he says, grace and peace. Grace and peace. Well, that's good. Grace and peace. Now watch this, verse 2. I'm thankful for you, Paul says. I'm thankful for you. He's encouraging them. Boy, he goes, this is a great church. I'm, I'm grateful. I'm thankful. We always thank God for all of you. And, and not only that, Notice what he says in verse 2, I'm praying for you. Isn't it good to know that someone's thankful and praying? The Thessalonians are going, whew, the crazy world we're living in right now. They're saying things were tough. It wasn't easy to be a Christian in Thessalonica in these days. And we have someone who thinks about us and is thankful for us. And, and Paul says, not only that, I'm praying for you. And so he's, he's encouraging them. He said, I'm thankful for you. Now, notice what else happens. Verse 3. He said, what you're doing is noticed. You're making a difference. He says, your work produced by faith, your labor prompted by love, your endurance inspired by hope in the Lord Jesus Christ. What you're doing is being noticed. He looks at the Thessalonians and says, listen, good job, good job. You're, you're, you're in the game. You're doing good here. I, I, see, I see your faith, and it's demonstrated in, in your, what you're doing. I see your love in the labor that you're, you're accomplishing. You, you have hope. Your endurance is inspired by hope in the Lord Jesus Christ. He goes, good job, good job. He's, he's encouraging them. Verse 4, you are loved by God. What? Wait a minute, hold it. Who? Me? Yes. What? Loved. By whom? God. Creator of the universe, that guy? The one and only? The King of kings, the Lord of lords? The soon-coming king, the savior of all mankind? Yep, you are loved by God. Can you imagine the encouragement? You're loved. You are loved. Not only that, he has chosen you. So these Thessalonians, they're, they're going, we're, we're living for Christ, we're following Jesus, things aren't easy, but, but I am loved by God, and he chose me. Encouraged. Look at verse 7. Good job, people. Paul looks at them and says, you became models to all believers. You set an example of how to live a Christian life. All of these things that, that you do, you're living it. You're, you're, he goes, good job. You, you became a model for all believers. Verse 8, the message of God rang out from you. 
Your faith has become known everywhere. They were witnessing. They were, they were sharing their faith. And, and Paul looks at him and says, listen, good job. Your faith in God is well known. We, we've heard the reports that indeed your faith is, is true. Look at verse 9. You turn to God from idols to serve the living God. He goes, oh baby, you've come a long way. Once you, you were lost and you were serving idols, and, 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 and you, you turned to God from serving idols, and now you're, you're serving the living God. Your lives are changed. You've, you've denied yourself. You're, you're following Christ. Paul's looking at him and saying, listen, good job, good job. You, I want to encourage you. you. Here's what you've done. Here's what you once were. Here's what you are now. Boy, God is really working in your heart and your life. Look at the change that's happened. Look at verse 10. <clears throat> yeah, it's going to end good. Jesus rescues us from the coming wrath. Faithful to the end. And, and you, you end up where Christ did. Now, it's going to take you down the Via Della Rosa. It's the road of suffering. But once you follow Christ all the way, you'll end up where he did. Where's he at? The right hand of God the Father sitting in heaven. And he's coming back. He's prepared a place. He went to prepare a place. He said, I'm going to come back and take you so that you can be with me. You can go where I am. What he said was, Jesus rescues us from coming wrath. We don't have to face the wrath of, 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 of God's um, you know, punishment for, for sin. I've been, you've been saved. He, he, looks, he looks at the Thessalonians. He says, you, you've re- you, you, you indeed are, are, are free from that. You can wait for his son from heaven. He's alive. We have the sure hope of eternal life with him. Heaven is our home no matter what happens on earth. Paul, Paul looks at me and says, listen, be encouraged. Uh, read the end of the book. The book hadn't been written yet. <laughs> but for us, we can read the end of the book. Read Revelation. He goes, you know, behold, I'm coming soon. And he said, the dead in Christ will be raised first, and those of us who remain will be caught up with him in the air. Who? When the rest of the world is left to deal with the carnage of a world with, with the, without the church, without the presence of the Holy Spirit on the earth, it's going to be worse than the zombie apocalypse that you've, you know, you, you, you've, you've, you've have heard about. Or it's going to be, it's going to be anarchy. It's going to be, he goes, save you for that, but you think that's bad. Wait, wait for the eternal destruction. God saved you from all that. He's encouraging them. He said, listen, you guys, you're on the right track. You're going to be okay. You're going to be okay. You're going to be okay. Chapter 2, you receive the Word of God, and it's at work within you. It's changing you. You're not, you're not what you used to be. Oh, God's still working, and you're not all that you're going to be as the Lord tarries. God's continuing to work in you, but you receive the Word of God. It's true, it's powerful, it's life-changing. You can be trusted. It won't let you down ever. You receive the Word of God. And then notice in verse 14, chapter 2. Good, good job, people. He, he looks at them and he says, you're imitators of God's churches which are in Christ Jesus. Your witness is growing. It's powerful. It's growing. And it's powerful. Paul, <clears throat> this old shepherd of the sheep, he looks at that church in Thessalonica and he said, folks, don't you give up. Don't you quit. <laughs> Here's all these things. He says, I just want to encourage you. I just want to encourage you. I just want to encourage you. 
Can I say to you this morning, be encouraged. Be encouraged. Grace and peace to you. God's grace is for you. His peace is for you. Be encouraged with that. Whatever you're going through, whatever you will go through, grace and peace, be encouraged. Also, just know that I'm thankful for you. Thank you that I'm grateful, I'm thankful that I know you. Can I say to you, you're being prayed for? You say, could you, could you line up everyone in church on you know, Thursday at noon and have everybody come by and you get every name right? Probably not. Probably not. But I would still know a face and I would still know a person and I can guarantee you that you've been prayed for. You turn to God from serving idols. <laughs> so many times in this world, we say, well, we don't, we don't bow down to idols. Oh, we do in so many ways. But your lives are changed. You've turned to God. <clears throat> I will tell you that if you believe in Jesus, God's word is true. Whosoever believes in him won't perish. That Jesus will rescue you from coming wrath. You're safe in the arms of Christ. Be encouraged that indeed Jesus rescues, rescues us and, and changes our lives from, you know, by His Word. You're imitators of God. You, you have served faithfully in so many ways. I'm amazed at the group of people who the things that you're doing are being noticed. It makes a difference. You say, well, listen, it's just little old me doing something over here and nobody notices it. Indeed, not everybody notices everything you do, but I'll tell you that if, if a sparrow can't fall from the sky and God not know it, if God knows the number of hairs on our head, then he knows what you're doing. And you also might be surprised to know that there's other people that are seeing what you're doing, your faithfulness to serve when nobody else is watching. <clears throat> your care for a spouse your love for a child. The, the thing that you do um, that takes your time, that, that uses some of your, your finances, those things that you do are making a difference. I hear about them. I see them. You are loved by God. He has chosen you. If you know Jesus and, he's follow, and you're following after, he, you've heard his word and you've received it, you were loved by God. He's chosen you. You became a model to others. The message of God is ringing out through you. I just want to encourage you. I want to encourage you. Sometimes it's the simple things that make all the difference. A word of encouragement. I'm going to invite the team to come. They're going to lead us in our last song. <clears throat> But let me pick up the story. 
from Dear Abby. So you remember the story of the teacher who had the kids encourage one another. Nothing more was said about the project. It did seem to help kids seemed to appreciate it, but nothing more was said. So, dear Abby, years later, I was asked to attend the funeral of one of those students. Promising young man. Even when I taught him in junior high school, I was confident that he was a promising young man. I was deeply saddened by his untimely death in Vietnam. The church, his name was Mark. The church was packed with Mark's friends, many of whom had been his classmates, and they were also students of mine. After the funeral, I and many of Mark's former classmates were invited to his parents' house. They approached me and said, we want to show you something, something that Mark was carrying in his pocket the day he was killed in Vietnam. His father pulled something from his wallet. It was a list of all the good things that Mark's classmates had said about him. Thank you so much for doing that, Mark's mother said. As you can see, Mark treasured that encouragement. A group of Mark's classmates overheard the exchange. One smiled sheepishly and said, I still have my list. It's in my top desk drawer at home. I know exactly where it's at. Another said, I have mine too. It's in my diary. Fourth person piped up and said, mine is hidden in my wedding album. I bet we all have them saved, said another. I get mine out and look at it quite often. Teacher said, that's when I finally sat down and cried. The lesson my former students taught me that day became a standard in every class I taught for the rest of my teaching career. Sometime during that year, we took time to encourage each other. Signed, Sister H. P.M. St. Paul, Minnesota. You have it within your power to encourage someone. You can give them words of appreciation, a gift, an action, a service. You may forget tomorrow what you've done, what you said, what you did. But the recipient may cherish that for a lifetime. Can I encourage you? next to your doctrine of soteriology, next to your doctrine of eschatology, would you include the practice of encouragement? So there's five people that you have the opportunity to influence. Do you have names of people? Who will you encourage? Heavenly Father, 
Thank you for being the God of encouragement. Thank you for the examples of Scripture that we have. Thank you for Paul's letter to a church, his grace to them, his grace to us. Would you help us be all that you've called us to be by your grace? Help us to that end, we pray. 